This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Welcome. Denise's story starts tragically with her husband's death when she was in her early 40s. She describes the three years that followed as being in a fog. Denise and her young son gradually emerged from the haze, filled with gratitude for life and a desire to move forward. It had been 16 years since her last first date. Hear how Denise approached dating online as a widow and what happened when she and Brad met on Match.com. Here's Denise's first date story. Welcome, Denise. It's a pleasure to have you as my guest on the podcast this episode. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much for coming on to share your dating experience, specifically your first date experience that you had after you returned to the dating world following the passing of your husband. I know that we have listeners who sadly are in the same place that you were, and I am sure that your story is going to be very meaningful to them. I'd like to start off, as we do each episode, with our guest, this time being you, of course, uh, sharing a bit about yourself. Great. Yeah, thank you. So as you mentioned, I, I am a widow. I'm, I'm 46. And my husband died a little over five years ago. He, sadly, he died by suicide. He struggled with depression for many, many years. Uh, it was a shocking loss. It was a very traumatic loss. Um, took me quite a while to start to recover. And quite frankly, I cried on my couch every day for a year. Then I slowly started to, to come out of that fog. And our son was seven at that time. He's 12 today. And I'm thankful to say he's doing really, really well. And, you know, from a, a personal perspective, professionally, I'm a writer. I've owned my own business for, this is my 14th year in business. And I love what I do. I'm a bit of a crazy cat lady. I have a few cats and uh, love my home and my community and just in many ways, though we've had a difficult journey, I feel very grateful for the life that I have today. I am really moved by your story and I guess the bravery that you ultimately seized and found in yourself to to come from out of such a dark place and such a tragic circumstance and and continue on with your son. And I'm so glad to hear he's doing well and and that you are too. It honestly took a good three years for the sun to shine again for me. So I've done a lot of work. Um, but, you know, I know that my husband would want me to be happy. And I have a, you know, an, a unique appreciation and that life is short and it's meant to be appreciated and enjoyed. So I thank him for, you know, teaching me that lesson. Mm -hmm. He gave you that gift. Yeah. And, and, and such tragedy came that, that gift. Well, once you, I guess, got out of that fog, you got yourself back into the dating world. How long after his passing did you 
ultimately decide to step out and, and, you know, I guess be in the right headspace, the right mind space to, to start meeting people in, in that way. You know, it's a big decision and it's different for every widow. You know, I know some who, who never want to date again. I know others who dated within the first year and I, th- I don't think there's any right or wrong. It's really what is right for you. But for me, it took me about three and a half years to decide that I was finally ready. I had to do a lot of healing. I felt like, you know, I needed to be in a, a good place in order to be able to be with somebody new. And so I, I really took the time I needed to like you said, get in the right headspace for that. That's understandable. And bravo for making it there. As, as you said, some people don't heal or others just decide they want to go forward uh, solo, which is totally admirable. And, and if that's right for them, then that's what they should do. But in your case, you, you stepped out and, and took a, a big step forward to say, I want to be in a relationship again. So how did you do it? What was the, the first step you took? Well, I, I got online. I signed up with a couple of the different online dating programs, like Match.com and eHarmony. And I really chose those primarily because I had to pay for them. And my philosophy <laughs> was if other people were paying too, maybe they would be you know, better candidates than maybe some of the free sites. And that's how the whole thing started. I didn't realize there were free people on those, on, at least on Match.com. I didn't realize that. Uh, how did you and the guy we're going to talk about today uh, find one another and on which platform? Because you mentioned a few platforms. So Match.com, we, we are one of the success stories. It was a, um, That's what made the connection. And basically... You know, when you set out to date as a a younger widow, I mean, not young in my 40s, but a younger widow, um, I was warned by some fellow widows that 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 can actually scare some men off, the fact that you're a widow. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to deal with this head on and kind of make, build some humor around it. So in my little written profile and match, I, I had the perks of dating a widow. You and did? I did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> Wow. And I had things like, there's no drama with an ex. And, <laughs> oh, you know, um, I've got lots of free time. And I don't know, it was just this kind of silly list of like five or six things. And, oh. you know, I think that that really helped make my case and also, you know, showed some humor on that site so that I did not look like everyone else that was on there. Wow. What a healthy approach. It must have just lowered the concern perhaps Huge. that the yeah. guys had when they started to read your profile and they saw humor there and, and learned a lot about you through that humor. I wanted to be clear about what I was looking for and not looking for. And I wanted to really convey that in the profile and kind of filter people out as much as possible. So, you know, I was very honest in my profile, you know, as much as I could be without it being five pages long, right? You don't want to do that either. But I just try to keep it as real as possible. And, you know, I'm looking for for fun. I'm not looking for somebody with a ton of baggage, you know, if you're in recovery, good for you, but that does not a match for me. You know, I had, I've had this long tendency to love wounded birds in my romantic life, in my 
you know, friendships. And, and I thought, I, I don't want a wounded bird. I want somebody who's all together. So all of that had to get conveyed in that profile to kind of whittle down the dating pool, so to speak. Well, good thing you're a professional writer. <laughs> that does help. It does help. Yes. It must have. And you got responses, clearly. I did. I had a lot of responses. In fact, in the first three months of doing both of those sites, I went with seven different people. And I thought that was a, a, a pretty good number considering how, you know, I really wasn't on there for very long. And I feel like I'm pretty picky. So <laughs> I, I wasn't saying yes to everyone. I'll tell you that. That must have felt good that you were getting responses and you were getting out and uh, meeting people who I guess were contacting you first, it sounds like. Yeah, I wasn't aggressive about it. I'll, I'll definitely say that. I, I kind of waited until somebody else made a move or maybe I would like their profile and then wait and see if they contacted me. And then I had lots and lots of questions to screen before I ever agreed to meet anybody. How many years had it been since you had last been out there dating? Oh my gosh. So I was with my husband for 12 years and then he'd been gone for three and a half years. So it had been like 16, 17 years since I'd been on a first date. You know, the other thing about that was that so many people had said, oh, internet dating, it's awful. You're going to hate it. And, and I decided I was going to make my own decision about the experience. I actually really enjoyed the experience. I I thought it was a lot of fun, you know, it, it took me back to my 20s because I hadn't dated since my 20s and it's different as, you know, you're in a more mature place in your life. I also felt like I brought more wisdom to the dating scene and so, you know, I found the whole process to be really more fun than stressful. That's fantastic. It's what you make of things, right? If you right. go in with the attitude that it's going to be awful and you're reluctant to do this, it's me such a nightmare, then it's probably going to be awful and Great. a nightmare. But if you go in with, hey, I'm just going to give it a shot and I'm going to be me and I'm going to go into this hopeful and with a smile on my face, you often get a very different experience and you clearly got a positive result. So who is is it that we are going to talk about today that you met on Match? So Brad was date number six of seven. He contacted you. What did you think when you read his profile? His profile made me laugh and I love that. I literally laughed out loud. Uh, he had made fun of himself about camping in a camper and not being an animal or something to that effect. And I just thought, oh my gosh, he has a sense of humor. I, you know, that's great. And plus he was, you know, pretty cute too. So I was immediately intrigued. And so you replied and what happened between the two of you in terms of back and forth? I said, you know, I'd really like to chat first. And so we scheduled a phone call and I had said I would call him. It was a Saturday night and I was actually leaving a, a birthday party two hours away from my home. So I, I called him from the car, hands-free, of course. But he proceeded to talk the entire drive home. We were on the phone, 
I think a good two and a half hours on that very first phone call, which was a good sign, right? Very good sign. Wow. That is a lot of talking for a first conversation. I will say he did most of the talking. That often happens. (laughs) It does. Very common on these internet dates. They get nervous, I think, and then they they don't know how to have the back and forth and ask you as many questions as you're asking them. And so I, I had already noticed this being a trend in my other internet dates, so I kind of let it go and just you know, chose to focus on the fact that he was charming and he really was very funny. Did he ask you out at the end of your very long conversation? He did. He asked if I would like to meet for coffee the following week. And so I agreed to do that. And at the time he was working kind of a late afternoon situation. So we met for like a late morning coffee on a, I think it was like a Thursday. Oh, casual coffee on a Thursday. I love coffee dates because, you know, if they're miserable, you can leave. I had one date that lasted 45 minutes because I was so bored. I always tended to choose coffee. I'm not a big drinker either. So we met at a great local coffee shop and it was, uh, it was perfect choice. Was Brad there first or uh, did you arrive first? I was there first because I'm a very early person. I was pretty nervous. So I went in and I just decided to order my coffee and, and avoid that whole awkwardness of who's going to pay. Right. And I uh, kind of sat in this little corner that was a little bit hidden from the front door so that I could see him come in, but he couldn't quite make me out because there was already quite a few people in there. What was the reasoning behind doing that? If, was it because if you didn't like what you saw, you were going to exit out the side door? Uh, no. <laughs> I would never do that. But I didn't think I, so, but what was, yeah. Share, share with us what your rationale for tucking yourself away in the corner there was. I think I wanted to be able to just, you know, take a breath before I stood up and and greeted him. You know, I was there early. I was nervous, even though I'd been on a number of dates prior to that. I was still nervous at every date. Um, and I just wanted that chance to kind of be ready to greet him. What happened next? So I saw him come in and, um, I, and I just kind of mustered up my courage and I saw him standing there kind of looking around. So I come out of my little cubby hole and, and he gets this big smile on his face and I came walking over and he goes, I'm really nervous. He said, are you nervous? And I said, yeah, I'm nervous too. And then he smiled and he gave me this big hug and it was like all my nerves melted away because I think we both addressed that we were nervous and also the hug made me feel like, okay, this is, this is all going to be fine. And it was, I, I don't know, some people don't maybe would feel awkward being hugged so soon, you know, but to me, it was just a really friendly gesture and it calmed the whole situation down. I have heard about a lot of first dates. I've gone on a lot of first dates. I have never heard of a first date where a guy walks up and says, I'm really nervous. I think that's amazing. It's, I understand why all the nerves went away. It's just so human. It's such an amazing way to connect at the first moment of, you know, hello, that first hello. It's like, we're humans and, and we feel like we do and let's put it out there. And, and he obviously respected you from the start to share that with you as well. Yeah. That's part of what I really liked about him is how authentic 
he is. That's a huge value that I have with people in general. I really like to connect with people at a real authentic level. And he immediately showed that to me. And that really scored some serious points for him. I understand why. After that moment, what happened between you and Brad? He offered to buy me a coffee and I said, I've already got one at the table. So he ordered a coffee and we went and sat down and that little corner spot worked out great because it ended up feeling really private and a very busy, you know, cafe. It was a big cafe, very popular local cafe. And so we had our little corner and he proceeded to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. A lot. A lot. Got it. And what did you do as he was talking and talking? I was kind of snickering because what I had figured out at this point in my online dating, you know, expertise of three whole months was that he was nervous and it meant he liked me, right? So if they're over talking and they're a little bit excited, it means they like you. And so that's also, if you view it from that perspective, it's kind of sweet. And so I just, I just kind of chalked it up to, he's nervous, he's interested, he's, you know, he's saying a lot of interesting things. I enjoyed the conversation. He had me laughing quite a bit. I felt really comfortable with him. And I also just had the suspicion that he would eventually not talk quite <laughs> much. <laughs> Did he eventually just kind of pause and, and let you take part in the conversation he did eventually he became a good listener but he definitely by nature is an over talker and that's okay I've come to accept it it's all good but he's also a very good listener how did the date end well we were there for three and a half hours which I had oh. not had a single day last that long it was incredible which, and it was just a lot of the talking and it turns out we had a lot of, you know, similar musical tastes and like the same movies and, you know, we just had a lot of fun things in common. He's a very creative person. So he had to leave for work and had he not had to leave for work, we probably would have kept going. So he walked me out to my car and said, I'd really like to take you to dinner this weekend. Are you available? And I said, I, I am. I would love to do that. And we exchanged a really big hug and he just kind of gave me this cute little smile as he walked away and it was, it was adorable. And I felt like a giddy teenager. That is wonderful. You spent six hours talking to a guy who you did not know, but after six hours knew very well. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like yeah. I'd rather know too much than not enough. Right? Right. Exactly. with me and with the listeners the rest of the story with you and Brad please the funny part too is that the day after I met with Brad I had a, another date scheduled with somebody else and so I didn't tell Brad that and I just went on this other date but I I almost canceled it I thought really like Brad but I'd already scheduled it with this other guy and I just thought, well, you know, I'll never know. I should at least go and show up and, 
and give this other guy a chance. And I, I did. I showed up and he was the 45 minute date. He was so bored. I could barely see straight. Nice man just had no interests, no zest for life, no anything. I missed my overtalker. Right? So, <laughs> so I let that go and Brad and I quickly became an item. In fact, I think it was at our third date, he whipped out his phone and said, I'm shutting off my match.com profile. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? I mean, you're doing this here in front of me. And he said, yeah. He said, it'd be nice if you shut yours down too, but you know, you don't have to. Oh gosh. <laughs> put you on the spot there a bit now, put Denise. Me on didn't the he? Spot. But How it, did you respond to that? What'd you I do? pulled out my phone. I mean, okay. I, we just really had this wonderful connection from the yeah. get-go. And it's been a year and a half. And oh. we're still together. He's, uh, you know, he's a wonderful man. He's, um, we're not living together. This question comes up a lot. I am not ready to to share my space yet, but, um, I, we are very, very happy. He's a wonderful man. He doesn't have children of his own, but he is so great with my 12 year old son. They have this wonderful, humorous relationship. We just laugh a lot. And, and it was funny last week I had introduced him to a friend he hadn't met yet. And my friend said, you're the sunshine bringer backer. Oh, wow. <laughs> because he, you know, I have so much happier than I have been in years after yeah. such a traumatic, difficult time in my life to have this lighthearted, happy person in my life on a daily basis has just been wonderful. I hear the joy in your voice. Mm. I hear the happiness. I hear the energy and certainly a lot of zest for life. I am elated for you. I'm elated for Brad and I'm elated for your son. Thank you. Before we close out, I would love it if you would share any sort of dating learnings that you have from your three months of dating with our listeners. You know, one thing when I went into this online dating thing, I kind of flashed back to my 20s and I dated a lot of my 20s. I was very picky. So I went on a lot of first dates. And what I reminded myself was that it's not about if he likes me, it's about if I like him. And I think that changes the dynamic a little bit when you're, when you're internet dating, because I think a lot of people go into the date all worried if it's about the other person when you really should be focused on how you're feeling about the date. The other piece of advice is to lead with your head and not your heart. And I think this is a tricky one for some of us women because, you know, we, we tend to be heart based, but, and I got this advice quite frankly from my therapist. She said, when you go into these dates, you want to go in looking for red flags. You want to go in with your little checklist of your musts and your, and your deal breakers. And you want to figure those things out before you let your heart get invested. And I think that's really powerful advice because I, you know, we all have so many girlfriends that are also dating. And, and I, I just had a conversation with another girlfriend who's just, she's all heart and unfortunately, in her dating life, that leads to a lot of disastrous situations right? because she's not seeing through clear lenses before she dives in. So, you know, that would be the greatest lesson, I think, in dating is to go out with really clear intentions of what, 
what matters to you, what, what is a deal breaker, and look for those things before you allow yourself to really fall hard. Yes. This has been a treat. So thank you, Denise, for being with us on this episode. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Jody. This was really fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have your own take on this story, head on over to firstdatestories.com and leave a comment. While you're there, check out the articles about celebrating singledom and dating in midlife. First Date Stories provides inspiration, camaraderie, and support for single, divorced, and widowed women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. While you're on the website, you can also tell us about a memorable first date that you've been on by popping on over to the share section of our site. We are always up for a good story, and we may invite you to be a guest on a future show. We also have a bi-weekly newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you'll find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best you, to cheer you on, and to keep you going on first dates because beyond your next first date may be the long-term love you're seeking.